Hey friend, I am so excited you're here. I'm Marianne Anderson. You might know me from This Loud House on Instagram, and I have a secret to share with you. I'm not really an expert, but I have a ton of friends who are. And each week you can join us for inspiring, fun, and practical tips on how to decorate your home, organize your space, take care of your body, chase those dreams, rock that outfit you just got at Target. And girl, we're going to help you with what the heck to make for dinner too. This is the Life Sunny Side Up Podcast. Welcome. Today, y'all, I have the honor of chatting with my friend, Melissa Fleming, and she's a mom of five. She home educates and funny story. She's actually the sister of Kirk and Candace Cameron, but you guys, Melissa is as real as they come. And I know that your heart is going to get so much encouragement as you journey through motherhood. So grab a cup of coffee, pop in your earbuds and let's chat. So if you love this episode, friend, I want you to do three things, okay? First, subscribe, and then that way you never miss an episode, and I'd love to hear your comments, so make sure you leave one of those too. And you can take a screenshot, and you can post it on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends. Make sure that you tag me at This Loud House, and you can use the hashtag LifeSunnySideUpPodcast. Well, you guys, I am so excited to be sitting down with my friend, Melissa, and I just have to share with you guys, we met through the funniest. I'm telling you, it is a small world, <laughs> good old Instagram, but you know how people will post those little questionnaires and you can fill it in. It's like, do you like black or white, cold or hot, coffee or tea? And it was like, what's your first celebrity crush? And I'm like, I don't know, thinking back to 1990. And I'm like, like uh, Kirk Cameron, I guess. And this woman messages me and she goes, you know, that's my brother. And I'm like, what? Yes, that's my brother. <laughs> so anyway, here I am talking to Melissa, who is also knows Kirk Cameron. She's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> just a little bit. I know, just a little bit. But I'm just so honored to talk with you, Melissa. And, you know, she's a mom of five. But one of the reasons I was so excited to talk with you is because I feel like at least for me, I went from working full-time as a mom to then deciding two kids in that I wanted to be a homemaker. And that was really my calling. And I loved your Instagram profile when it talks about putting the honor back in homemaking and that this is the profession you've chosen like on purpose motherhood. So I would love to just hear from you, you know, how did that happen? How did you make that decision? Obviously you had a different upbringing than I did having famous siblings. And, you know, did you feel pressure to go that route? And how did you know, like, this was what I am called to do? Well, let me first start off by saying with your, the questions, when I said this was my brother, it was only because I thought you already knew. So that's been the funniest part. Like, you know, that's my brother, right? And so it just was funny. But anyway, and then most people don't know, which I think is even funnier. And actually it makes it more fun for me. But I actually grew up with a mom who stayed home and raised for all four of us kids. And my dad was a school teacher. So I kind of had that modeled for me, but I will be very honest. I actually never really wanted to get married and I never wanted to have children. Wow. So 
I think that's always the most surprising thing when people talk to me and ask questions like that. I did love kids. My parents fostered three babies while they were raising us. And I loved that aspect of it. But when it came to my own, as I got older and I went to college, it just wasn't anything that I sought myself doing. I really wanted to be a doctor. And then I had some other things that I was genuinely interested in. But then I met my husband and I said, okay, <laughs> like I'll get married. And but I didn't really want to have children either. And it actually wasn't until I surrendered my life to the Lord, which was three years into our marriage, where that was really rough and rocky. <laughs> and I didn't even want that. Wow. That it really was a complete heart transformation. It really wasn't me. It was when I surrendered to the Lord, he gave me the desires of my heart, which were the desires of his heart, which was to stay home and be a wife. And then two plus years from then was when we had our first child. And we both collectively, I wanted to stay home. He wanted me to stay home. I was working up until I gave birth to our first child. So it was something that was very mutual. And I tell you, it's been the best thing I've ever done since the day I stayed home and had her. Like wow. I have never desired anything else, even to this day, 13 years later, other than just being with them. So I was actually watching your story again and you talking about how much you loved motherhood and loved being with your kids and enjoying all of those moments. And this is, I feel the exact same way. I don't want to miss anything. So trying to go back with some of those questions. I mean, my mom stayed home. And so I can see why she enjoyed that. We do things a little bit differently. How I do it and what she did is a little bit different, but I think the joy and the delight is the same. Yes, absolutely. And I think what I hear and what I just connect with so much with you, Melissa, is this idea of on-purpose motherhood, that this is my calling. And, you know, where it isn't it Mother Teresa who said, you know, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And I remember making that decision and really questioning myself, but realizing that the same, you know, effort that I would put into going to college or, you know... Right a job, quote unquote, I'm putting into motherhood. And while there's so many different, I mean, you can be a great mom and work outside the home. This was, you know, my calling. And I think that's the same thing that, you know, you felt as well. How did you meet your husband? We met working together at a restaurant and then later found out that we probably had met when we were about 14 and 15 at the beach because we had mutual friends, like mutual doctor's office. We both had the same pediatrician, things like that. That is wild. Yeah. So there was, I mean, it's a small world in, in California where we're from. The San Fernando Valley is, it's small. Everyone kind of knows each other. So we went to rival high schools, which was funny. Yeah. I mean, it's great when you have a spouse too, that is on board. It makes everything. Yeah, it does. And like you said, it was a choice that I made and that my husband made. And I'm the same way. I give everything into what I'm doing, whether I was waiting tables at the local Red Robin, I gave it everything I got. And that's one thing that my parents always taught us kids, everything that you do, give it everything you have. And so when I worked after college, I gave it everything I had too. And this would be no different. And I couldn't see myself, you know, now when we had decided to have children, right. I couldn't 
see myself doing both. But before that, before I was ever married and before I ever had kids, oh, I thought I could do it all. I thought that was my ideal of superwoman, was the woman who could work and raise a bunch of kids and have all of this stuff and be so successful in every department. And then reality set in and I go, I don't really think that that totally can happen. Maybe it can for some people. For me, it was just devoting everything that I have into them yeah. and into our family and our family unit and that. Not just not being a child-centered home, but just being a family-centered home. So Absolutely. our family comes first and our family is important and everything that entails. So once you guys decided, okay, we are going to have children, did you have a number on it? Had you always wanted five from the moment you decided or how did that, I mean, we know how it happened, but you know, how, yeah. did, that, <laughs> how did that come to be? So when we were five years after being married, we decided we would go ahead and start trying to have children. And I think my husband, when we were first married, he wanted them right away. And I did not want them right away. After having fostered babies, I knew everything that it took to raise and to be with those kids. I had a very good idea of what it was. And it required everything in you to Mm -hmm. be present and to be with them. And we wanted to be with those three girls that we had. And I saw it no different as an adult now. So I told my husband, hey, wait, (laughs) let's wait. So we waited five years. And then we kind of felt like we've done everything as a young married couple, that it kind of felt natural to go ahead and start this chapter. I don't think we really had a number, but my guess, and in my opinion is, is I think that my husband saw me enjoy it so much and him Mm -hmm. wanting to make me happy kept saying, okay, we'll have another one. Okay, we'll have another one. And I can always remember that most of the times that, when we would decide to have another child was when the first one and then the next one became what was about one and they started to play with each other. And then I realized, what am I supposed to do? And it was always have another baby, have another baby. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So your oldest is 13. And my youngest three. Three. Okay. So we're so similar. My youngest is going to be three this fall and my oldest is turning 13 in like two weeks. So oh, yeah. So she just turned three in March. So it oh is my pretty gosh. much. That's crazy. Do you feel like, I know for me having a toddler and a teenager has been just kind of mind blowing and it makes life feel so short because I know where it's going and my perspective, it's really just helped me so much. Do you find that? Well, I mean, with the dynamic of Kate, my oldest, who's 13, who is the most (laughs) lovable and responsible 13 year old that I know and actually know of them. It makes it really delightful because she delights in the little ones so much. And so Mm -hmm. I mean, I know we'll go into those questions, but educating my kids at home has just allowed for this whole idea of all of these relationships between my, my 13, my 11, my 9, my 6, my 3, to really just foster all of these relationships with one another. I do find it mind-blowing in the sense that, yes, time is very short. I'm looking at the three-year-old and she's already getting so big. I want her to grow up because I'm excited, but I also want right. her to stop. I know. And I love the dynamic of it all. I love it. I really truly just enjoy all of those those parts of them growing up and me watching them and being able to see it all. I think has been what's 
fascinating to me. The good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> I, I agree. You know, I read a blog one time, a mother of six, talking about the joy and the fulfillment and the happiness that we can have as mothers just going through some of those like normal days, days where it's just laundry all day long, you know, and finding that joy in serving our family. And I thought yeah. that was really powerful. How did you guys decide to home educate? How did that happen? So similar to the very first question you had, we were never going to homeschool. A funny story was my husband, who was not a believer when we started having children and me being one now, he did say to me at one point, you're never going to, you're not going to want to homeschool or anything, are you? And I said, oh no, never. I said, that's for the weird people. I love it. Eat my words. And then Kate is probably about three years old. And I'm sure this is very normal. People start telling you what preschool are you going to put them in? You know that there's a waiting list, I'm sure. You really need to be up on things. So I did a little bit of homework and I checked out some local private schools because my husband and I weren't very comfortable with sending our kids to the public school system. We just had some other, and my father was a public school teacher for 36 years, but just had seen some changes that we weren't very comfortable with and didn't really like the progression in which it was going and really felt that maybe an education that at least came alongside our faith and our values and our beliefs would be better. And then I saw the cost of two days a week for kindergarten and I thought, oh my gosh, we cannot afford this. So that's originally where it started was not being able to afford a private education, which was really more, it was private for this sense of I wanted other teachers to come alongside our values and our beliefs. And so I wanted my kids to have, you know, someone else doing the same thing in their education. And a girl from our church came up to me and said, have you ever thought of homeschooling? And I said, oh goodness, no, never. I, I just, I don't know. And she said, well, do you know that in the state of California, Kindergarten is not a mandatory grade in the state. All states are different. I said, oh, I didn't know that. She said, yes, most people don't know that. You have a huge homeschool community in our local church. We would be more than happy to come alongside you, to help you, encourage you wow. in any way if it's something that you thought of. Why don't you go to the California Homeschool Education Conference? Check things out. So I did. I asked my husband, have you ever thought of homeschooling? Now, mind you, this is fast forward three or four years. And he said, I think it sounds like a great idea. Whereas wow. before, like, no way. And I was like, really? He said, yeah, let's look into it. So we went to one of those first conferences. I had done a little bit of homework on some curriculum that interests me a lot in how to educate the kids. And I went to the conference pretty much dead set that this was the one I was going to choose and use. And when I got there, I wound up knowing more than the lady who was. Oh my goodness. Oh dear. Well, in, in just some information, and it kind of threw me for a loop, but I had prayed actually before I went in and really wanted the Lord to lead me, but I was kind of dead set on this one. And I was brought to another one that someone said, hey, I've heard this one's very good too. And I went there and I was literally blown away. And it came from the sense of it actually had nothing to do with academics. It had everything to do with someone else kind of helping me along in teaching my children the love of God and his mm -hmm. creation and those sorts of things, which I felt as somebody who was a new believer, I felt ill-equipped in some way that I would never be able to 
share my faith with my kids and, and through the education, because in my mind, I knew and believed that God had created all of this. And I wanted my kids to know this. So that was why I chose the kind of the curriculum or the resources that I currently still use now. But I would say my reasons for why we homeschool and continue have changed so much over you think of Kate's in going into eighth grade. So for the last nine years. Right. So I did try. My girlfriend had told me, she said, why don't you just try kindergarten? See how you like it. I mean, the public school system's there or private school too. So you can always go, go to it if it's not something that you enjoy. And honestly, so I had a almost a five-year-old or yeah, she was five. I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old at the time. And I thought I would do what exactly what I wanted to do with them all day long. And then I would put the two littlest ones down for their nap. And it was during that nap time that it was just the two of us. And I got to just pour into her and teach her things. And I was hooked, honestly. Wow. Hooked. I couldn't, I couldn't have fallen in love with something more. And I've honestly never looked back from educating them in any other way. Doesn't mean I haven't had my finger on, you know, sure, the local sure. sometimes like, oh my goodness. <laughs> on those but bad days. Very normal. Yes. Yeah. I found it very normal. <laughs> I just find that so inspiring. Are you, do you mind sharing the curriculum that you're currently using? Cause I know that that's helpful for people. No. Not at all. I use, it's called My Father's World. And I had been told so many times of how wonderful their kindergarten curriculum was and how gentle it was. And I have been using it ever since I started. I just, I love the combination of there's kind of three, there's a lot of different styles. There's different ways to home educate your kids. And for every family, it's so different and not one is the same. And you can't, comparing is like, I've learned over 13 years is like the worst thing in the world. Right. But I found it to be very gentle. I found it to be, it combines three of the different styles that I love the most. And I found that my kids really enjoy it too. So, and they call it like a unit study along with uh, literature based and then kind of a classical education, kind of just engrossed with lots of classical music and art and those sorts of things. So we find that they do a lot of cooking, which if you followed any of my- I was going to say, we need to talk a little bit about that. And we need to talk about Kate and her- I know. Uh, fake baking abilities. I, if you guys scroll through Melissa's feed, you're going to be just in awe. How did that come about? Have you, do you love to bake? I mean, she's a professional, like professional. So I do not love to bake. Like I said, when I watched your story, how I resonated with you is I do love to cook. I can't say I'm a great cook, but I cook three meals a day for a bunch of, you know, for my whole family. I've used it and always looked at it as just a way to love my family, like a a form of a ministry that says, I love you and I'm going to take care of you. And this is another avenue of me doing this. Now, Kate... I would say when she was about five. So I always baked the kids' cakes, but they were from a box and I used store-bought frosting. Yes, but yes. when they were little, I would just let them decorate it. So if, if it was her birthday and she was the first one, I would make it and I would decorate it. Well, as she got older, she watched me. I would bake the cake. I would frost it, but I would let her decorate it. And then 
if when I had the next child, she was old enough to be able to decorate it for her brother. So we just kind of started doing it that way. Well, by the time she was, I think she was five, and I have a picture of her scrambling eggs in a bowl because she woke up on her birthday and she said, may I make my own pancakes? Oh my goodness. And I said, sure. Maybe she was seven. No, she wasn't seven. She was between five and six and she already knew how to read. And that was kind of one of my goals. I was like, guys, when you learn how to read, you can read recipes. Like this is amazing. And then you can make recipes all on your own. And it was kind of like a rite of passage. Yes, I wanted them to be able to do those things, although I like to cook, but it was not my passion at all. But I do love to eat, and I love to eat good food. So she did that, and it was probably within two years, she was making things on her own. I gave her by seven pretty much free reign in the kitchen. Using the oven, I had showed her how to use it to be safe, all of those things. And she showed that responsibility at seven. Some of my other kids, I would not do that. Right. Right. You have to know your kids. Right. Absolutely. And how cool that she has this passion that she can also, you know, because of the lifestyle you guys have chosen with home educating, she can have the time freedom to do that and perfect it. And that would be another reason why that the course of home educating, why it has changed so much for us when someone says, what is the reason or what was the reason or what are the few reasons? There were a few, but they've just changed. Or you see what I thought was the reason we went into this, used this avenue was for yeah. you know, X, Y, and Z. You see it's for so much more that it really has absolutely allowed her to be able to do this and to practice it and to use it whenever she wants to and not just on the weekends or after all of her homework's done or you know or when she has some free time honestly so it was when we moved 4 years ago we moved from California to Washington DC area and we moved into this new house which the homeschool aspect was such a blessing because when we moved we left everything my three siblings my mom and dad all of the cousins, they're 17, well, 17 now, but there were 16 at the time. And I thought, guys, we don't have to be frightened. We're all together. We're all together anyway. We'll meet new friends together. We'll do all of these things together. And we move into this house and my oldest and Ryan, my number two, they decided to make tickets and they put them in everyone's mailbox and invited the whole neighborhood to a hockey, street hockey game in the middle of the cul-de-sac. Oh my goodness. And the three of them, Kate, Ryan, and Molly decided to play and people brought out their chairs and their, you know, drinks or cocktails and watched my kids just play street hockey, which I thought was so fun and delightful. And it brought all of these neighbors around. And then Kate just started talking to them. If you need help serving or have a party, I'd love to help serve or help you clean up. Or if you're interested in any baking, and she hadn't really done a whole lot of baking at this point, but it was with that two years of being in that home where she really started to practice and develop a passion and a skill for it. Wow. And three years ago, she started a business where she was legitimately like people were asking for her. And then I can just see even in pictures, the difference from the, our wonderful neighbors who hired her for her son's first birthday to what she can do now is amazing. 
Oh, how I wish she lived local to me because I would be quite the customer. I mean, I just think that that's so cool. And I hear that more and more that children that grow up in this homeschool environment, they have different experiences. And so because of that, you know, the self-confidence and all of that is so different. Hey guys, so if you never want to miss a podcast or any of the scoop that's going on around here, go to www.thisloudhouse.com and subscribe to our newsletter. You get all the fun freebies that I send out and you can join our amazing community. Again, it's www.thisloudhouse.com and subscribe. You know, Melissa, I have a lot of listeners who are new moms, and I don't know if you felt this way, but I definitely was overwhelmed. I definitely felt the pressure to be the perfect mom. I read the books, all the things, and you know, as time progressed, I gave myself way more grace. But what <laughs> would your advice be to a new mom, a new mom, Melissa, you know, go back 13 years? Right. What would you like to tell yourself? This is an interesting question. I had amazing sisters, three of them, and a sister-in-law who all went before me and having children. And I watched. I remember watching. It was it was my joy to be the aunt of 11 nieces and nephews. Wow. And I watched them all and they all did things differently. In particular, my brother and his wife, I remember watching her because she had, they had six children all one year apart from each other. Oh. And I watched her and I just remember saying, when I have children, I want to be like that. And the one kind of common thread between my two sisters and my sister-in-law was a sense of calmness through all of their, uh, through, through raising their kids. Uh, there was not a lot of anxiousness. There was not a lot of worry, uh, maybe in certain things, but overall not that way. And I remember wanting to be like that also. Mm -hmm. So I have to say there was lots of things I didn't know about raising kids and I could go to them, but I was never really anxious or nervous or worried. So I think that helped a lot in just kind of not really having very many expectations. Like my expectations were very low even of myself, although I have been reminded that I kind of have tendencies to be a perfectionist, (laughs) which I don't want to be at all. So I have to just let a lot of things go. But I honestly wouldn't really do it much different even now. I probably would worry even less than I did. Mm -hmm. And there's wonderful things about social media, obviously being able to connect with people that you would normally never connect with that maybe have a lot of similar interests or things that you like, but I also find it to be such a big pitfall. Amen. It's why you actually don't see me a whole heck of a lot on it, especially more now because I find myself that I can't be as intentional as I want to be if I'm focused on the camera. I don't know how to multitask certain things. Other things I can. Yes. But I would say to even to new mothers, I would enjoy it so much. Delight in it as much as you can. Soak it all up because it genuinely does go so fast and do not compare yourself to any other person. And when it comes to advice, I've been told this by a pastor's wife, be gracious and say thank you when they offer you advice. You don't have to take it, 
but just say thank you. People mean well. And also to know that you are the mother of that child and you are the best mother or father of that child and the one that God has given to them. It's not for somebody else. There's lots of wonderful advice out there, but, you know, be discerning and just, just do with, I think, kind of what feels natural, especially in those, the very first times. But I just am not much of a worrier. I just never really have been. So I don't get very anxious. And especially when it came to motherhood and you can ask all of my neighbors. I love it though. I feel like that's a gift for sure. You know, I really hear too, Melissa, that you surrounded yourself, whether it was intentional or not, but you had a great support system. I mean, with your sister-in-law and your sisters, and of course your mother's example. And then I'm assuming through your church. And don't you feel like that is super important in all stages of motherhood to have that that's overused word tribe, but have this group of like-minded people that can support you and encourage you, don't you think? I do agree with that. And now that you said it, I can't say that I was intentional at doing those things. But if I look at it now, I am so thankful that I did. And I would say that the Lord orchestrated all of that very clearly. Looking back at it now is even my sister Candace, who had a husband who was playing hockey at the time, was traveling a lot. And me being not married at the time and loved being an aunt, I would travel with her and help her with her children when he was away. I was waitressing. I would go spend weeks with her. I would work double shifts so I could take two weeks off to just be with those kids and to love on them. And I'm sure all of that stuff he is using now mm-hmm. in me raising these five these five children and i would say yes so to the young mothers out there surround yourself with like-minded people in how you want to raise kids find people that are doing it even if you're not right now that you would like to or things that you like things that you see potentially in the future i have even those friends now at, who have teenagers and older. So I can go to them and say, when I get to this point, because I also don't look too far into the future either, because I feel when I do that, I miss the moments Mm -hmm. that I'm in. And I'm not guaranteed tomorrow either, but I have those friends that I can talk to that have older kids. When I get there, may I come to you and talk to you? Oh yes. And they want that. So yes, Surround yourself around like-minded people, absolutely, and not too many because then it gets too crowded. You don't need too, too big of a peanut gallery, right? Now, right. I would love to hear if you have some favorite books that you've read lately, maybe podcast, or I know for me, I'm always trying to grow personally, and I do that a lot through reading. Are you a reader? Do you have anything that you'd recommend lately? Yes. Yeah, so I do. I read a lot. I mean, I read the Bible every day. And mm-hmm. I have a couple devotionals that I like, and I'm redoing a devotional right now because it was one of those ones that it's about being a mom and it's about a strong mom and about when we feel weak. And so using God's word to encourage me and to lift me up and to draw my strength from him. Um, it's funny. I've listened to maybe two podcasts in my entire life. I'm You'll have so- to listen to this one. And there's so many good motherhood podcasts. I know there are. So there's this wild and free community, which I like very much. 
And I listened to a couple podcasts from them, but I, I was doing the dishes. I was like, oh, well, this is a new concept. I can listen to something and do the dishes at the same time. I'm a little out of, you know, the 21st. I'm, I'm not all with it half of the time because I just feel like there's so many things that could grab my attention. And sometimes I have to just stay away from it all. But I do know that I do read on my own. I do read homeschool books, not for curriculum based. It's more for just encouraging me to keep at the journey, to keep at what we're doing, why we're doing it, just like anyone would do, you know, use a podcast or a book for those sorts of things. It's not a self-help book, but it just is, remember why you're doing this. It is hard. It's relating, finding books where I can relate to the author and, oh my gosh, I feel that same way. Or yes, that has happened. What do I do? Or, oh, so all homeschool moms feel like they want to give up. Right, you know, right, sort of right. Because you have these expectations that if I've chosen this, then maybe I shouldn't feel all these ways. Or, you know, when a person has a child and maybe doesn't even feel all that happy all of the time, or why isn't this as joyful as I thought it would be, or as happy or as easygoing. So I do have things that I had expectations of lots of things, motherhood, home educating our kids, that have been not deflated, but if my expectations haven't been met. And don't you think that, you know, I feel like our society, it tries to say hard is bad. You know, if you're supposed to go for something, it shouldn't be hard, but let's face it. Motherhood is hard and there are beautiful moments and hard moments. And don't you think it's, it's so important for our kids to see us power through all of it? right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Marriage is hard. I would say that's one of my, that's one of the hardest things for me personally is my marriage. Not to say that I don't love my husband. I love him very much, but I find that relationship to be very difficult because of two different people coming together with different ideas and different outlooks on things. I mean, we have a lot of the same in the big things that matter, but just the little day-to-day stuff. We don't really always see eye to eye on things. And I find that very frustrating. Right. You're like, come on. Now, do you guys do, I know a lot of people do like a weekly date night. How have you balanced raising five kids and still connecting and not being like strangers in the night, you know? To be honest, because I will always be honest, I hardly ever see my husband. We do not do date nights. We don't have time to do date nights. There have been times where we have been two ships in the night and we hardly ever see each other. And I can't say that I balance it well, but it is doable. And I think that if we didn't have five children, I would probably be very bored and I would be (laughs) very lonely. So I think about all of those. They're actually blessings. I would love to see my husband more. I would love to go out with him more. I have found that raising five kids and especially for someone like me and my personality, kind of devoting all of me to that one child and then to two and then to three and, and him, I probably did not put him as important as he should have been in the beginning. And I'm so desperately trying to make him more important, kind of put him, not kind of put him at the, at the top of my list versus the bottom, but it does get hard when you don't see him. So he owns and he's partnered with some other gentlemen with three restaurants here in the area and he's just gone all the time. And so really it's me and the five kids, five days a week. We see him two days a week. And 
I sometimes stay up late at night to be able to see him. And these are like really odd hours in the evening. So it does make it difficult, but it is doable. I mean, it's not the cards that we've been dealt, but it's just, this is the lifestyle of this kind of a job. And this is our family. It looks very different than everyone else's. I love him. I love our family. I will do everything to, to keep it together and intact and I ha- I'm completely 100% committed to our family. And even if it doesn't look the way I wanted or the expectations that I had in the very beginning, because they certainly were not it, I'm devoted and committed 100%. So I balance it just by, it's pretty much me mm-hmm. with the kids and making the kids be as equally responsible with everything. Right. I'm not trying to do it all myself. I found that at three children, I could still do it all. And so we actually almost stopped at three children because I wasn't getting pregnant. I'm older. I had started at 31 when I started Mm -hmm. having kids. By the time the third one came, it was a little bit more difficult to have the fourth. And so we thought we would stop. And I thought, you know, I can still do this. I can manage all of this. And then once we had the fourth, I think that was the first time that I actually like waved the white flag and said, honey, I actually need you to help me here. Help me. He had never changed a diaper, I think, with the first three kids. Right, right all of my kids. So he couldn't bottle feed. So I said, you don't ever have to wake up in the middle of the night. I'll take care of everything. I'll do it all. And by the fourth kid, I went, I can't do this anymore, (laughs) which was actually a really good thing because it, it forced us to work together more than me trying to do it all on my own. But with that being said, the dynamic of our family, having been able to do that so early on has helped me to continue to keep doing it this way. Yeah. I don't I don't love it. I'd love to see him more and spend lots of time with him. And so we look forward to the day when the kids are all grown and right. we can get our little get our own little place or something, but it's just I don't like I said I don't think I balance it well, but I just do it. I mean, you just I think that's so, oh, it's so encouraging, Melissa, because so many of our listeners, and I know I've been in that space in my life where it's just, it's a funky time. It's hard. And I love your attitude that you're just making it work, you know, and doing you. And so I think let's, I'd love to just kind of end with a couple of practical things. And, you know, for me, I struggle with simple things like how, what are the chores I should have my kids do? You know, how much responsibility, what does that look like? And I think this is a great kind of segment from, you know, you guys are pretty much you and the kids. What do you, how early do you start them doing chores and what does that look like? So I would say just probably like everyone has done before is when you have little toddlers it's that song, clean up, clean up, everybody, everybody. So you're cleaning up. And so you start to establish those kinds of things at a very early age. I remember putting Kate in the plastic laundry basket on top of my bed while I had her watch me hang up her daddy's shirts. I remember she was probably two or three and I had to iron his shirts every day because they needed to be ironed and pressed. And I would run and say to her, Kate, would you run in and go pick out a shirt for daddy? I kept all of his shirts on the bottom row so that she could get them and pick one out and pull it out of the closet. So I think when 
mind you, we had not even thought about home educating, but when you look at it from that perspective, not home educating, but just everything that you're doing is very intentional. I wanted to teach my kids. I wanted them to learn how, what all of this looked like and, and how things could run and that you could be self-sufficient and independent. I was very independent. I mean, as a little girl, I taught myself to iron at five because I was so tired of waiting for my mom to (laughs) iron everyone's clothes. But I had watched her for so long that I was like, forget it. I'm going to do this myself. And I I remember the dress that I ironed. It was yellow and black and kind of like a terry cloth. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't even ironable. So I started all of my kids very early, not really with chores, but just having them be involved in everything that I did. Not to say that it still doesn't look like chores. It does. My kids have chores now. They've had chores. I've always helped them with their chores, but as they're getting older, they can do them a little bit more on their own. So I can give you an idea of right now what we have. So the 13 down to the six all know how to change their sheets, put a fitted sheet on, put a flat sheet on, change a comforter, do they? Because we they each have two. So we change that out after, you know, every week or every two weeks, that one. And they all dust their rooms. They vacuum their rooms. I have two girls each clean a bathroom. My son takes out all the trash, does all the windows. He's 11. The six-year-old sweeps the stairs in the house. So she's in charge of sweeping down all of the stairs and also assisting in her brother cleaning all of the windows. So like the winter, they're called, I think they're called winter doors. So Mm -hmm. it's a big glass door in the front. Don't have those in California. Right. I was going to say different. (laughs) All of this, you know, the, the regular just window panes. And then my son is very smart because he likes to joyfully try to get someone else to do his work for him. So with a big smile on his face, he asks Megan, who is three or who was two even, Megan, you must come help me take out the trash. So he changes all the trash liners. Oh my goodness. Oh, you hold all of these. So, but what he's doing is just what I have done since they were little. Right. Here, you hold all of these trash bags. Let me show you how to put a new one on and then we'll take it out to the garbage. So I've always had my son take out the garbage cans and my daughters. It actually was whoever... It was. I remember holding each of them on my hip as a baby as I would take the big garbage cans out to the front of the house for the garbage man to collect. I did it with all of them. And then when they were old enough to hold it, they wheeled it out. I was always with them. So they've just done everything with me. So it's more of a natural progression Mm -hmm. of just them doing it with my supervision, but they've always done it with me. I do two and two. So for one week, to sweep and wipe up the table because when you're when they're home with you every day, right. there are it's it has it's to be endless, done. I'm sure. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They're like, why do we have to sweep three times a day? I'm like, because we eat pretty much three times a day. Right. And then right. the other two are on dishes, so they put the dishes away. They load up the dishwasher, start it if it needs to be started. Hand wash dishes, or I will come in and hand wash dishes, and they will dry them and put them away. Mm-hmm. So. I remember in the last, I would say six months, there's been a lot of fighting and arguing with that going on. And it was me just kind of overseeing what they were doing. Right. And I read something that talked about, I don't remember where I read it, but it was, if you want your kids to delight in the work that they need to do and that they're doing, 
delight in it with them. It's not mm-hmm. me doing it for them, but I didn't want to look like a taskmaster. Right. And I felt like that was kind of what I was doing because I was getting a lot of grumbling and complaining. Why do I have to do this? And all the mini sermons of this is right. our ship and we need everybody to come on board and all <laughs> they hands weren't on working. I'm the captain. I mean, it does work and the idea is great and I stand by it. But I also know that they have to see me delighting in it too. And so when I came alongside them, not doing it for them, but came alongside them in the work, I have found that there's less arguing and less complaining about it when they see, well, mommy's in here helping me too. They don't say it, but I'm trusting that that will in turn help change their heart attitude a little bit. I love that. So we actually do do a lot of chores and we only set, one day a week to clean the house. I cannot set it more than that. I do not want to be tied to a spotless home. I actually think I subconsciously think that I homeschool so that I don't have to have a clean house. I've said it to myself so many times. I would so much rather be teaching them than ever cleaning my home. But my house is not dirty. It's tidy and it's picked up and we do that. We share in that work. But I do, I designate one day a week to kind of get into that deeper cleaning and that's it. And then the rest is just let us live and be. And then the next week we'll do those other things. Otherwise I become a slave to that and I I, I just don't want to do it. Which is why I like your pictures of all of your home because it looks so beautiful. (laughs) You don't see what's behind the camera that has been thrown, you know? So, but it is such a balance. It really is. And, you know, Melissa, I feel like, you do you so well. And I love the gift that you have of not comparing yourself to other people and just running in your lane and doing it so beautifully, I think is so inspiring because I know for me, I have definitely struggled with looking to the left and looking to the right. And, you know, we all are given so many wonderful gifts and I feel like you are using yours just beautifully. So thank you so much for coming on today. I look up to you as a mom and, oh, I need Kate to come and make me all my birthday cakes. Please. I, she would love it. We do actually have someone who's ordered locally. So this will be someone we don't know, which is actually quite fun. Yeah. I've seen it and has actually ordered it, but we would, we would love to. We love Florida, by the way. So, well, you've got to come visit. You got to come visit. And, oh, and for our listeners, you guys can connect with Melissa on Instagram at my three yes. joys. Correct. Correct. Yes. And what is Kate's Instagram? Does she have well? So it's not hers. It's mine. But it is a. She has. She's created a name for her future bakery. Okay. And it's called Cabela Cupcakery. Oh, I love it. Yes. So that is the Instagram account as well. And I, I have it on some of the pictures I I posted on there. So it's a combination of her name and her best friend, who's Bella, Kate and Bella. Cool. Is Cabela, and then they were making cupcakes together and their desire is to have a, a bakery and to go to culinary school together. How so neat. that is so cool. I keep a portfolio of her pictures through the Instagram account and some people, it's not really her cause I keep my kids away from right. that and even myself a lot, except for a few things, but we just try to 
enjoy one another in, instead of, I don't want her to be tied to that, but it is more for just pictures and mm-hmm. other people can enjoy it because it is fun. I am proud of her yes. very much. I think it's very inspiring. <laughs> I've got to show my 13 year old all the things she can do. You know, I think that that's yeah. really cool. So, well, Melissa, I appreciate you so much and your time. And I know that our listeners are going to be super inspired by you. So thank you. Thank you very much. And it's been a joy following you on Instagram. It really has been. Hey, y'all. So if you would like to join our community on Facebook, we have a special group just for you. You can continue the conversation off the podcast online. Simply join the Life Sunny Side Up podcast group. Just search in your groups. It'll come up and I will be so excited for you to be a part of this amazing community.